Welcome back to Looking Backwards, Looking Forwards here at the C. Thomas Printer Cooperative, a place to make you think, make you remember, and make you smile. Looking Backwards. I find Donald Trump to be a very poor martyr. I think he is a liar, a cheat, and someone that uses bankruptcy laws as his own walled garden from actual financial responsibility and ability. I don't think any parent would want their child to grow up and act like him. I wouldn't trust him any further than I could throw Rosie O'Donnell. With all that being said, though, 30% of this country really likes him. Or put another way, 60% of Republicans really like him, which is 60% of roughly half our country. I somehow picture him being tied to the railroad like in the old Looney Tunes cartoons. But you don't have to be in the 30% to realize that he seems to be getting railroaded. First, it was the verdict in the E. Jean Carroll defamation case. This was Trump being Trump. Whether there was any sexual impropriety or not isn't the issue with regard to the civil verdict. Rape cases held 30 years after the fact are a he said, she said affair at best, but what was on trial was Trump's behavior, and that is what was lost. Trump did Trump things, which was attack her in public, which is his most popular trick. That trick works against political opponents, but the strategy in this case, Don, was to shut the hell up. He couldn't because he can't, and his petulance cost him $83 million. I like to think that this verdict was smiled upon by the mass of vendors and creditors that Don has used the system against for his benefit. CNN's Kara Scannell writes, quote, In the current case, a jury found Carol should receive $83.3 million in damages to repair her reputation, to compensate her, and to punish Trump, end quote. I agree, this is to punish Trump, and $83 million seems like a proper price for a lesson. I don't agree with it, but Trump has needed a lesson, a lesson and he got one, a painful one, because karma is a bitch. It is completely different, though, in the business fraud verdict last week in which Don was to pay a $355 million fine and give up control of his companies in New York for three years. He also can't apply for a loan from New York State institutions. What happened here was Don applied for some loans and he fudged the numbers, well, because he's a liar and a cheat. This isn't news or surprising, but he paid the loans back. The Wall Street Journal editorial said it best, quote, yet this remedy is like using a hellfire missile to annihilate a shoplifter. Deutsche Bank made money on the loans and its valuation teams gave a haircut to the numbers provided by Mr. Trump. There was no real financial victim, end quote. See, the bank gave his numbers a haircut because they know who he is and what his business reputation is. It doesn't mean they can't do business with him or shouldn't. That is between two independent parties. If Trump lied about his numbers and then welched on the loan, then the bank would have a case, but he didn't. Who's the victim? This was all about a witch hunt, and I also think it might go even deeper. Washington politics is all about control, which is what makes that Jeffrey Epstein case so troubling. Washington loves to exert pressure on its opponents, whether through blackmail or financial reward, and to keep them in line to get things done. 
Normally, lobbyists pay for the privilege. Companies pay for speeches, and the next thing you know, the Clintons and Obamas are summering on the vineyard with the industrialists. Don's appeal is that he is a wild bull and can't be controlled because he doesn't need their money, so they can't buy him. Well, we are in the midst of a frozen real estate market. That can't be great for Don's business. Now he is being asked to write almost half a billion dollars worth of checks because New York City's liberal legal system wants to punish Trump. Weaponizing the legal system is as big a mistake as weaponizing the U.S. dollar was against Putin. What happens when the tide turns? Do you want someone else to be able to use that power against your candidate? From the journal again, quote, Mr. Trump denounced the verdict and says he'll appeal. Meantime, this example of targeted civil prosecution ought to worry fair-minded people regardless of political bent. CEOs might wonder about doing business in a jurisdiction where elected politicians use the law to smash companies this way, end quote. This is not how a legal system is supposed to work, but instead a corrupt-to-its-core society. Don't think Don's base hasn't noticed as well. Weaponizing the legal system is a new low, even for a Democrat. Let's go over to Zero Hedge. Quote, Truck drivers transport between 70 to 73% of all freight in the United States. Therefore, when truckers begin discussing plans on social media to boycott loads to progressive hellhole New York City, it's important to pay attention, end quote. That is exactly what was circulating on Friday night after this verdict. It seems that they too are starting to say F you. Maybe they just listened to my, I'm just kidding. I know they didn't. The fact remains that people continue to act as if there are no consequences. When you run your mouth, you have to pay. When you try and railroad a president that has a very loyal base, they might respond accordingly. I've often smiled at the liberal elites that mock flyover country. In a real showdown, the flyover states could simply block the interstates going into the elite states, and in a week they would be starving and coming around to the country way of thinking. In fact, that is what the Europeans just did and why they won. When two groups of people treat each other civilly, then they can get along and do business and disagree. But when the rhetoric gets ugly, so does the behavior. That is one of the things I don't like about Don is that he pushes this ugly rhetoric and now he is getting a faceful of his own doing. His liberal opponents might get their faceful next. If a large segment of truckers start boycotting certain cities, then companies will have to pay more. And that is inflationary for those people in those cities. Remember, all these cities are broke. There are consequences for your decisions, people, for both Don and the cities that are going after him. You saw what happened to Bud Light. The the quiet boycotts on commerce could have a similar effect on cities if they overstepped their bounds. Tom Fairless had an interesting article in the Wall Street Journal regarding how war was benefiting the U.S. economy. Quote, in the two years since Russia invaded Ukraine, the U.S. defense industry has experienced a boom in orders for weapons and munitions. Business is coming from European allies trying to build out their military capabilities, as well as from the Pentagon, which is buying both new equipment from defense manufacturers and replenishing military stocks depleted by deliveries to Ukraine. Industrial production in the U.S. defense and space sector increased 17.5% since Russia launched its full-scale invasion of Ukraine two years ago, according to Federal Reserve data. Biden officials say that of the $60.7 billion earmarked for Ukraine in a $95 billion supplemental defense bill, 64% will actually flow back to the U.S. defense industrial base. 
end quote. This all makes more sense now, right? NATO keeps moving east for the last 20 years. We stage a coup in Ukraine in 2014. And presto, we have a war where we can sell weapons to Ukraine for immediate use, but the rest of Europe is now beefing up their weapons and defense capabilities. If defense contractors and military companies want to make money by selling weapons to the rest of the world, then that is great business. We make some of the most sophisticated and deadly weapons in the world. Good for them and good for free markets. If we're building bombs that are paid for by the American taxpayer and go to Ukraine and get blown up and create rubble, then we're at the risk of advancing the largest broken window fallacy ever. That is the parable that when a window breaks, someone has to spend money to fix it, and that adds to the economy. But really, it just brings the economy back to where it was and doesn't add value. Spending money on defense shouldn't be to create rubble in the Ukraine, not for Americans. We need to separate defense sales from defense spending and make sure that our spending benefits Americans, not just the highly lobbied defense industry. Looking forwards, I've often marveled at people that buy things online. I buy books, and when I get them, I get what I expected. If I order something else online and I don't like it, I have to go online somewhere and print something which has a code and then print it out and then take that and something else and then send something back and go to a place and fill out some forms and then they do stuff and I am finally rid of something that I ordered and didn't want. This was exhausting and I haven't repeated the mistake again, but I must be in the minority here. There is a whole other world of shoppers out there that buy clothes, have them delivered at great cost and fossil fuel usage, try and ship them back and use more fossil fuels. According to Emily Stewart from MSN, quote, a December 22 survey by the National Retail Federation and APRIS Retail found a 16.5 return rate for that year, estimating $816 billion worth of merchandise would be sent back, end quote. She also cites a story from The Cut, quote, one woman who had returned items to urban outfitters once a month since high school was given the boot. Another lost her shopping privileges at Saks after she bought and returned $15,000 worth of merchandise. Another was described as pleading with Asus to earn back her right to shop, her pseudo crime, returning 99% of the 172 purchases she made in the span of a year, end quote. Trying to wrap my head around this topic has been a challenge, but to quote the Green Bay Packers football coach of yesteryear, Vince Lombardi, quote, what the hell is going on around here, end quote. I, as a member of society, do have an obligation to clothe myself regularly, which I do. Unlike the spelling of the word, I can guarantee there is no I in fashion, but it seems that there are those who have abused the system and they are being punished for it. What did they think would happen? Do they not realize that businesses are in business to make money and that they are the worst kind of customers? The company actually loses less if they go away. These shopping Sharons, we will call them, are a cousin to the HOA Karens made famous by sticking their beak in someone else's business, but neither Karen or, nor Sharon is the purpose of this discussion. I have been railing about the dangers of this centralized big box and now online obsession for years. Emily Stewart sums it up more beautifully than I ever could, quote, Retailers spent years getting us addicted to online shopping, and now that we're hooked, they have more leeway to jack up fees for logistics, end quote. That is exactly right. 
We are probably replowing old soil here, but think about what the business model for these companies is. Borrow lots of cheap money, lose money, but get market share. When competition goes out of business, then raise prices. Emily, the prices that these businesses are going to charge in the future are going to be higher because they can. There used to be main streets with entrepreneurs, but now we have Walmart or Amazon where people buy things at lower prices. That is a good thing, right? Except for when they decide to raise prices because there's no one left to check them. Retail is almost hollowed out of our inner cities and malls. When it is complete, the online stores will jack up the prices and print money. Remember how much cheaper Uber was when they first came out? Now their prices are ridiculous, but cabbies went broke in bunches because they didn't have free money to survive the price wars. Careful shopping, ladies. You are digging your own graves here, but you don't have to take my word for it. In The Wealth of Nations by Adam Smith, he writes, quote, To widen the market may frequently be agreeable enough to the interest of the public, but to narrow the competition must always be against it and can serve only to enable the dealers by raising their profits above what they would naturally be to levy for their own benefit an absurd tax upon the rest of their fellow citizens. It comes from an order of men who generally had an interest to deceive and even to oppress the public, and who accordingly have upon many occasions both deceived and oppressed it." End quote. Adam Smith wrote this in 1776, and human behavior hasn't changed. We check in on our favorite libertarian politician next, Javier Malay. Malay is having difficulty getting legislation passed in his country. The people are protesting, and yet he is making progress. Sky News Australia reports, quote, Argentina's government un under newly elected President Javier Malay achieved its first monthly budget surplus in nearly 12 years in January. The surplus, 589 million U.S. dollars at the official exchange rate, the Argentina revealed Argentinian government revealed on Friday. It also includes interest payments on the public debt. It is the first monthly financial surplus since August 2012 and the first surplus for a January since 2011. The economic ministry, according to Telam News Agency, quote, end quote. Is he out of the woods yet? Oh, hell no. 57% of his nation is in poverty and inflation is over 200%, but he has inherited those issues. And this is one of the first places in world history that capitalism can be shown to be the answer. Free markets and smaller governments can be shown to be the answer, where individual liberty and not social handouts can be shown to be the answer. Cutting the government in half was a great start, and when, not if, he turns it around, let that be the blueprint of the world, much like the founding of the United States was for much of the world 250 years ago. What a week for AI. On Thursday, NVIDIA stock rocketed higher on the back of an outstanding earnings report released Wednesday after the close. The stock closed Thursday 16% higher and added a staggering $273 billion in market cap in one day. That is a record. From the AP, quote, the amount NVIDIA Corp's market value increased on Thursday alone, according to FactSet. The previous record one-day jump was Meta Platform's gain of $205 billion on February 2nd of this year. In other words, NVIDIA's one-day gain is more than the total market values of market stalwarts Bank of America, $265 billion, and Coca-Cola, $263 billion. In all, just 26 of the 500 companies in the S&P 500 have market caps above $273 billion, including NVIDIA, 
NVIDIA's total market value as of the close of trading Thursday, it recently passed Amazon and Alphabet to become the third most valuable public company behind Microsoft, $3.05 trillion, and Apple, $2.84 trillion. The company was valued at around $580 billion a year ago, end quote. NVIDIA sells chips to companies that are creating products with embedded AI. It is. It was quite a week for them as well. First, ChatGPT had what is being called a meltdown. Tristan Green writes for Cointelegraph, quote, OpenAI's popular ChatGPT artificial intelligence system suffered a bit of a public meltdown between February 20th and 21st that had it confusing and confounding users by spouting gibberish and other strangeness, including unprompted pseudo-Shakespeare, end quote. Ah, this is the best AI, AI, this is the best AI program out there, and it does this? You'll have to forgive me for being a late adopter and for not believing the hype or having any interest in using this software. But even ChatGPT had a better week than Google's Gemini AI product that took history and made it woke. Did you know the Vikings were Indian women and Vietnamese? It seems Gemini just whitewashed people from history. I guess that is by design considering the woke history of its development staff. Even Elon Musk jumped in and called Gemini's senior director of product management, quote, a racist douche nozzle, end quote. Garbage in and garbage out. Use at your own peril, people. God gave you each a brain. I'd suggest using it before outsourcing your own thinking. Sincerely yours, C. Thomas Printer. The Dow Jones finished trading at 39131 the 10-year Treasury bond is at 4.248%. The price of Brent crude is $81.62 per barrel. The price of gold is $2,045 an ounce. And the price of silver is $22.97 an ounce. Thank you for listening today, and you can find all of our articles and more on our website, cthomasprinter.com. 